Well, today I want to talk about envy and kindness. And the scripture that we're going to look at is from uh, Genesis, uh, the fourth chapter of Genesis. Now, up to this point in Genesis, a lot has already happened. We know that in the first couple of chapters, we learn about how God created everything that there is. And then we're introduced to Adam and Eve, who seem to have a life of paradise. God gives them everything that they need, and they can eat from any and every tree except for one. And that's when a serpent tricked them to eat the forbidden fruit. Now, this is the first recorded sin in the Bible, and it symbolized Adam and Eve's fall from grace. And as a result of their actions, God expelled them from the Garden of Eden. They would no longer get to live in paradise. They would have to actually work for their food and produce what they would need. And their two sons would follow in their footsteps. Uh, One of them would work as a farmer and the other would work as a shepherd. And unfortunately, the sinning didn't stop with the parents. It went on with the sons. And, And we'll read about this now in our scripture text. I invite you to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Genesis chapter 4, or just simply follow along as I read. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. And so this is what the Scripture says. Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying that I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock, their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, "'Why are you angry?' And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, It will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer of the earth. Let's pray. God, help us to listen to your voice today. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen. Envy really makes for a good story. It's often part of dramas, crime shows, even fairy tales. Take Snow White as an example. In that classic story, the queen hears that her stepdaughter Snow White 
is more beautiful than she is. And she can't stand the thought because she wants to be the best looking, most beautiful woman in the land. And because of this, the queen becomes incredibly jealous and develops so much hatred that she feels a need to destroy Snow White. So the queen carries out a plan to kill her. She disguises herself as an old lady and then tries to trick Snow White into eating a poisoned apple. The queen wants nothing more than to get rid of the person whom she perceives to be her rival. Now stories like this remind us that nothing good comes from envy. And more often than not, it leads to destruction. And throughout the course of time, pastors, priests, theologians, and other leaders have warned us about the dangers of envy. Moses did this. So did Solomon and Jesus, even Dietrich Bonhoeffer. They have all emphasized that envy is one of those sins that we desperately need to avoid. Now, as we examine this sin today, I think the first thing we need to do is define it. Now, what is envy? Well, I'm guessing every one of us has probably said to a friend at some point in time, I envy you. Now, maybe we said those words to our friend when that friend got a a new job, or maybe took a, a trip to a fantastic resort, or maybe lost a little bit of weight. But these sentiments don't really get to the heart of envy. Envy is more than just admiring something that we see in a friend. Envy is cunning. It's malicious. It harbors ill will toward others. In fact, it resents the person who has something that we want. And if that person were to lose the thing that we desire, in all likelihood, we might rejoice in their misfortune. The Germans have a really good word for this. It's, it's the word schadenfreude. And it means harm and good at the same time. It's the idea that, that people can find a kind of satisfaction in watching someone they envy get knocked down. Or seeing a rival lose the very thing that we want. It's kind of like when a Carolina fan celebrates when Duke loses the NCAA tournament game. Now that's just hypothetical. I don't know anyone who does that. Just trying to paint a picture for you. But at the root of envy, we find hatred. And hatred hurts our relationships because it turns our neighbors into rivals and competitors. It leads us to compare ourselves where we maximize the good fortune of other people and we minimize the blessings we have in our lives. Now we see all of this play out in the story of Cain and Abel. And I want to point out that when two brothers appear together in a Bible story, they're often presented as polar opposites of each other. They're really great contrast of one another. So think about Jacob and Esau, or Joseph and his brothers. In both of these cases, 
one brother comes across as more righteous, faithful, and honest, while the other brother, or brothers in the case of Joseph, seem more cunning and deceptive and sinful. And this is also true with Cain and Abel. Cain was the firstborn son of of Adam and Eve. He was a farmer. He was rooted in the land. He tilled the soil and grew crops. He built barns and put up fences. He was a hard worker. Abel was Cain's younger brother. He was a shepherd. He lived a nomadic life. He moved with his herd to wherever he could find green grass growing. He was constantly on the move. And he too was a hard worker. Now these two brothers lived much different ways of life which is reflected in the offerings they brought to God. Now, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. It was a a gift of produce. It was a product of his work. Abel also brought an offering, which was a product of his work. And the Scriptures note that Abel's gift included the firstlings of his flock, including the fat portions. And then we're told that God liked Abel's gift more than he liked Cain's gift. In verses 4 and 5 it says, The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Now we tend to read a lot into, into those words and make assumptions about both brothers. And we might assume that Cain didn't give his best. Or that he grudgingly made an offering. But the the text doesn't say any of that. In fact, the scripture doesn't even explain why God favored one brother over the other. And I think it's also important to recognize that the Lord did not criticize Cain for his offering. But Cain certainly became jealous and angry and envious after he saw how God treated his brother Abel. And almost immediately, Cain became angry. He resented Abel. He wanted what Abel had. The Lord was concerned with Cain and could see that envy was growing in his heart. And he was worried about what this would do to Cain and how it would change the way he was acting. The Lord even warned Cain that if he didn't deal with this sin, it could lead to his destruction. And that point's made in verse 7 where it says, Sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you. But you must master it. Unfortunately, Cain didn't heed this advice. And the envy that was in his heart led to a number of ugly and destructive behaviors. Cain became angry and jealous of the way God was treating his brother. He saw Abel as his rival. And that consumed him with hate and eventually led to violence. That's when Cain devised a plan to destroy his brother. He said to Abel, let's go out into the field. Let me show you what I've been working on. But that was just a trick. And that's when Cain attacked and then killed his little brother. Cain became the world's 
first murderer and Abel the first victim. And how many times has this repeated itself over the course of time? You know, envy has no doubt played a key role in this kind of destructive behavior because it leads people to hate and to kill. You know, it's one thing to want something someone else has, but it's quite another thing to actively work for their destruction. And yet that's what happens with envy. It brings out the worst in us. I heard a story about a woman whom I'll call Cindy, who was never married. She was already in her 60s, and it didn't seem like she would, she would ever find a spouse. And yet she wanted nothing more than to find a husband and to live happily ever after. But the older she became, the more she envied her, fr- her married friends. She even began to resent their happiness. Well, one morning when Cindy was having coffee with her friend Janice, she learned that a mutual friend of theirs was getting a divorce because her husband had cheated on her. But instead of, uh, of hurting for her friend, Cindy found this news encouraging. She told Janice that it was nice to see that another person would have to live without having a husband. Now, envy led Cindy to not only desire what she didn't have, but to also rejoice in the destruction of a marriage. Envy really does bring out the worst in us, and it turns our desires into idols. That's what happened to Cindy. She turned her desire for a husband into an idol, and consequently she became guilty of not only the sin of envy, but also the sin of idolatry. And this is the problem with envy, because it leads to other sins, including many of the sins that are condemned in the Ten Commandments. You see, envy acts like a catalyst that moves us to act in even more sinful ways. It leads us to lie, it leads us to hate, it leads us to cheat. Now the Bible makes it clear that this particular sin is a sin and a force in our lives that we have to deal with and remove from our lives or it will do severe damage to us and our relationships. Proverbs 27 verse 4 says, Wrath is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. But who is able to stand before envy? And the answer is no one. Because envy destroys all that lies in its path. And Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30 denounces envy. It says that while a sound heart is the life of the flesh, envy makes the bones rot. Just think about that. Envy makes the bones rot. It rots us from the inside out. The problem with envy is that we get so caught up in what other people have that we lose sight of the good that's already in our lives. Rather than seeing and rejoicing in the wonderful 
gifts that God has given us, we see and want only what God has given to other people. And so I think at its core, envy comes from a place of discontentment. We envy other people because we're not content with who we are. See, there's a matter of identity. We want to be like someone else. We want to have what they have. But if we're grounded in a relationship with God, we see that our identity has nothing to do with what we possess or what we don't possess. Our identity comes from the Lord who is making us into a new creation and is equipping us with gifts that help us resist sin. In fact, the Holy Spirit fills us with good fruit that enables us to live a more virtuous life. Now, kindness in particular is one of the fruits that enables us to directly combat envy. With kindness in our lives, we can resist the temptation to rejoice in the downfall of the person that has something that we desire. If anything, we will mourn with them as they deal with their loss, and we will show them compassion and love and kindness. Now, one of the interesting things about kindness is that it really is rooted in love. Now, this connection is reflected in the Hebrew word hesed, which is used rather frequently in the Old Testament. Hesed means both love and kindness, though you usually only see one of those words in our English translations. Now, whenever I come across the word kindness in the Old Testament, I translate it in my mind as loving kindness to better reflect its true meaning. And the Apostle Paul made a similar connection in his letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, he says, love is kind. Love is not envious, he says, or boastful or arrogant or rude. It it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. So to live with loving kindness really is to imitate God. And in Jesus, we see a person who exemplifies this. We see a person who lived with great love and great kindness, even toward his enemies. And we imitate this kindness by loving our enemies. And I think it's worth stating that the people we consider to be our enemies are in some sense those whom we envy. Now, knowing that envy is something that people struggle with led Jesus to say to his followers, love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. When we live with kindness, we are reflecting the very heart of God. We're imitating God who has shown great kindness to us. As Paul says to the Ephesians, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Let us never forget that God has shown us the ultimate act of kindness in Jesus Christ. Now, if envy is a a sin that you're struggling with, and if you're serious 
about replacing it with kindness, then I would encourage you to take the following steps. And the first thing is to ground yourself in prayer. Pray that God will give you the desire to conquer envy. Pray that your heart will be filled with the love and kindness of God. Pray for the person that you envy. Pray for that person's well-being, success, fulfillment, and joy. And it really is difficult to envy another person that you're praying for. And then act on your prayer. Get to know the person that you envy. See, growing in your understanding of that other person will allow love and kindness to grow in your own life. And then be sure you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, doing these things will be much, much harder. And finally, be sure to express your praise to God for all the good things in your life. Be grateful for what you do have. Not what you don't have, but be grateful for for what's in your life. Now, envy is a destructive and dangerous sin. It is a sin that leads to other sins. So don't ignore it. But seek God's help in resisting this sin and then strive to live with loving kindness in all that you do.